0: The following program was pre recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Your life changes for the better when you live each day like it matters. Positive focus, healthier relationships, and breaking free from trauma that's held you back. The time is now for Like It Matters Radio with your host, Mr. Scott V. Black. Be alive. welcome to like it matters radio radio like it matters inspiration education and application i am your blessed radio host your radio life caddy and you can call me mr black and ladies and gentlemen i want to thank you for spending your precious time with me you know we're all looking for something you know i've always been in sales all my life and uh I used to remember hearing someone told me that everybody's wearing a hat, and the hat's W-I-I-F-M, W-I-I-F-M, and what that acronym means is what's in it for me, right? We're all looking for something. Matter of fact, if you understand the secret of motivation, uh, it's a simple phrase, what do you want? That's it. You know, a lot of people are looking to be motivated and they want to be motivated, but the key is to motivation, is to figure out what people want. In other words, what are they looking for? Because the key to moving people in life is when you find out what they're looking for, what they want, then you help them get it. I think what Zig Ziglar said, you can have anything in life you want if you help enough people get what they want. So we're all looking for something. And I remember when I was in college, I was a theater arts major. I was a cheerleader for the UNLV Running Rebels during Jerry Tarkanian's time, but I did a lot of theater work as well. I like to perform. Uh, And uh, you know, uh, there was a play Looking for Godot looking for Godot, or waiting for Godot. That's what it was, waiting for Godot. And it was this thing about people waiting and supposed to meet this person, Godot, and they weren't even quite sure where they were supposed to meet them, what, what, uh, what this person was. I mean, I remember that. They were they were looking for something, but they really didn't know what they were looking for. And it was just, it was fascinating. And I'll I be honest with you, in 30 years of working with people, I'm going to tell you, most people don't know what they want. But you know what they do know? They have a plethora A list of things they don't want. You know, I don't want to be in a dead-end marriage. Uh, I don't want to work for a company that doesn't care about me. Mm. I don't want this. I don't Mm. want that. I don't want to be in a dead, right? Mm. But most people are focused on what they're not looking for instead of what they are looking for. They're focused on what they don't want instead of what they do want. And why that matters is because we have a stem in our brain called the reticular activating system. It's the RAS. I've talked about the RAS, and it's the brain's focal center. And the thing about the RAS is it does not pick up negative programming. So if you say, don't spill the milk. If you say that to a child, and their unconscious brain, their reticular activating system is actually going to put imagery of spilt milk in there. And then they get nervous, and what do you think they do? They spill the milk. And then, us being the great parents we are, we scream at them, I said, don't spill the milk! Stop right? it! Right? We're running around telling people what we don't want instead so of what we do want. Don't do that to me. Oh, don't do that to me. Well, if you really love me, you know what I wanted. I shouldn't have to tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, we gotta figure out in life what we're looking for. Why? Because that's how God made us. The good Lord put the eyes in the front of our face because we move in the direction that we're looking in and we look in the direction that we're moving toward. You got it? This last election was such a farce. I think it was a fake election. I think it was millions of votes that were illegally cast or were cast by people in the middle of the night. Remember when they stopped counting in Georgia, stopped counting in Pennsylvania, 8 o'clock at night? What's going on here? And Trump had these huge leads. Well, now we know why, because they had to figure out how to overcompensate, how how to get more votes in there. Remember all these mail-in ballots, ballots everywhere, ballots for everybody, 10 ballots for you, 10 ballots for you, right? You realize that that what they were looking for, they were looking to make up a huge gap. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to be aware of what we are looking for, because we're going to move in that direction. We can make anything happen. And so I want you to consider something. There are two paths in life. One is easy and one is hard. And today's show is called Looking for Easy? Because a lot of people want their life to be easy. A lot of people want the easy street. A lot of people want the easy button. Matter of fact, uh, I think it was Staples years ago. Remember that whole commercial? built on the easy button. Remember? That's what they're selling. You know, easy. It's easy. And in my leadership training, it's the toughest training most people ever take. And I know that's a terrible selling point, but I tell that's a selling point. I tell people the toughest training you've ever taken your entire life. I got letters from military heroes who say that I have never been intimidated by anything civilian until I met Mr. Black. So I tell people, that there are two buttons out there. Easy button and the go button. And a lot of people think they want easy. And so I tell them, if you want easy, go to a bar at 2 o'clock in the morning. You'll find easy. If you want easy, right, go to Staples. It'll cost you 8 bucks. It's made with lead paint in China. I got one, just so you know. But I'm gonna suggest that the easy button, the easy life isn't gonna get you what you want. Matter of fact, God says that there are two gates, there are two roadways, there are two paths. And he says one is easy and one is hard. He said one has a lot of people on it and have a lot of fun. He says the other one There's very few people on it because it's a hard-to-find road. And he tells us the easy one will lead to destruction, will lead to hellfire, will lead to torment. And he says the hard one, seek that one, find that one, because that will lead to life everlasting. You know, I'm a parent. I have four kids. And my kids are pretty spread out. My oldest, my daughter Faith, I think she's now uh, 23, 24. Uh, I think she's 23. And my youngest, Benaiah, is five and a half. And if you've had a parent of multiple kids, you realize that you did not parent those children the same way. I'm going to tell you right now, my oldest, my daughter Faith, got the hardest of me. I was more strict. I was more focused. I was more diligent. I kept her on a short leash, a narrow path. And I'm going to tell you, she's a stud today. She's a stud today. She's incredible. And I can tell you right now that as my kids went down in age, and my son, by the way, all my kids are great. Don't get me wrong. My kid Christian as well. But Christian I had a lot harder time with because he was more rebellious. But we clashed. And then I got major who I had to share custody with, with his mom, and she turned him against me, so I really couldn't be a father to him. I was supposed to be his best friend. And so I couldn't discipline him, couldn't do whatever. And today we have a very shattered relationship. Uh, and he's doing things at 13 years old uh, that he shouldn't be doing. Uh, he's, his mom's turned him to make some terrible things. And now I got my five-year-old son, Benaiah, who, boy, I've raised differently again, differently than all those other three. But all this to say this, I worry and wonder. In my desire to give my kids a good father where I had a terrible one, in my desire to not be that mean person that my dad was, in that desire to not be heavy-handed, have I cheated my younger kids because I've made things so easy on them? And my little boy Benaiah is so smart, so intelligent, He's already reading at a third-grade level, and he's in kindergarten. But boy, his emotions are under control, and his emotions can sometimes be very scattered. And I push him and challenge him, and we teach him that it's okay for something to be hard. You don't want to find easy. And so I'm going to challenge you on the same thing, ladies and gentlemen. When you're out there looking for things, are you looking for the go button, are you looking for easy? I'm Mr. Black. We'll be back in three minutes nothing. Music. And you are listening to Like It Matters Radio. Radio Like It Matters. Inspiration, education, application. And I bring up the easy music because today's title of the show is Looking for Easy. You know, it's nice to have some easy music, some nice jazz, some soulful stuff. And sometimes I'm looking for some easy music. Although I like that hard, heavy metal headbanging head-banging stuff as well. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about... The button of life. You know, there are two buttons in life. There's the easy button and there's the go button. And we all know what the easy button is, right? The easy button's one you get at, at Staples. It's uh, $8 uh, made with China lead, right? Made from China, right? But it never did tell you what the go button is. The go button is interesting because I like to equate the go button to a slot racetrack. You know, you get those racetracks and you snap them together and then uh, there's some are figure eight, some are ovals, some might even have a loop on them. And then you have this little car with a metal stud stick on the bottom. And you stick the, the metal stud in the female slot in the track, and then you grab the controller, and it's a unique controller because there's no directional device. There's no steering unit. There's no GPS. There's no steering wheel. There's no way for you to alter the direction of that vehicle. And then most people would ask, well, why not? How do you control the thing? Well, it's the track that controls it because that metal stud stick on the bottom of that car, when you put it in the female slot on the track, when you bring power to that track by pressing the go button, remember they only have one button on that on that controller. There's not a directional, there's not a steering wheel, there's only one button. It's called the go button. And when you press that button, it brings power to the track through something called Electricity. And then that car takes off. And where does it go? It goes wherever the track is laid out. See, in a way, we are like that slot racetrack. We've all been programmed, we all have a past, we all have a network, a structure called belief systems. And those belief systems dictate everything we do or do not do. We talk about the meta-programs, a a series of unconscious programs that help us make all the decisions we are. We talk about the trauma and drama, uh, how it plays out. See, all these things are unconscious programming. I say it over and over and over. Every single person is programmed, and every single person is working perfectly. Now, Again, I don't mean you're you're perfect. There's only one perfect called Jesus Christ. What I'm saying is we are getting exactly the results we've been programmed to get. That's why you got to know how the track works and how the go button works. And if you're pressing the go button on a bad track, you're going to get bad results. If you're looking for the easy button on a good track, you're going to get terrible results. You want us to make sure the track that you set up is a good track to get you from where you are now to where you want to be, and then you press the go button. You want to stay away from easy, and yet it seems like we're in a path right now It's all about easy. Everything's about easy. We're looking for easy. And the problem is I don't believe easy gets us what we want. It doesn't. Remember uh, the other day I did a show talking about persistence, talking about being persistent in the change. And I talked about some people like Thomas Edison, like Ray Kroc, uh, Colonel Sanders, uh, you know, Mary Kay, Sam Walton, Abraham Lincoln. A lot of these people had very little success before their 50s, if any. But you know what they did have? A lot of failure. A lot of disappointments. A lot of door slams. A lot of missed appointments. You think that's easy? You know what a good salesman is, what makes a good salesman different from a bad salesman? Is what they do in their head when the door is slammed on them. What they do in their head when people uh, sell they work on forever and already spent the money falls through. What they're, What's the difference with what they do in their head when no one else will go on cold calls and they're the only one doing it. Everybody else is having fun taking the easy path. That's the difference. To pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and hit again over and over and over is not easy. But it's transformational. It's life-altering. Think about that. You want easy? Well, being the first black player in baseball sure ain't easy. Matter of fact, you know the story about Jackie Robinson that uh, Branch Rickey was instrumental. Branch Rickey was a white, I think it was Episcopalian minister. And boy, he loved God, and he loved baseball. And because of his love for God and his love for baseball, he realized that segregation and the way black people were treated was not right because it goes against what the Bible says. And so they had a group of about four people of color that they were working to see which one of these are we going to initiate into the major leagues and be the first black player. In Major League Baseball history, which would open doors for millions of others, and so Branch Rickey had to find someone who was tough. Now, when I say tough, it's not the probably tough you think, of, not what we consider tough today. People marching the streets and threatening cops that have to stand there and can't do anything. That's not. That's not what I'm talking about people who riot and burn down stuff and attack people and attack white people and beat them up just because they're white and because they're black we're not talking about that type of stuff that's weak that's cowardice see they knew that whoever the first black player was they were going to be go through hell they were going to be spit upon probably they're going to be called all kinds of mean and nasty names they're going to their family's going to be called names i mean just they knew that whoever this person was that it would be anything but easy it would be discouraging at times it would be hurtful at times it would be thankless most of the time and they didn't know how the outcome would be what wh- where where it was going to end up and so they had to find somebody who was man enough who was strong enough to hold their tongue, who was man enough, who was strong enough to resist the hatred and the bitterness that would be spewed at that person and just let it go, or even better, offer grace and mercy and forgiveness. And that's where Jackie Robinson came in. Because like many black people, black children, Jackie had a good mom. He had a real good mom, and his mama made sure that he went to church, his mama made sure that he knew God, and his mama made sure that he was respectful, and his mama made sure that he had morals and values, and so Jackie Robinson became the first black player in Major League Baseball, not because he took the easy path. It was because he took the hard path. It was because he turned the the other cheek. It was because when he got vile hatred spewed upon him, spit upon, called vulgar names, and vulgar things said about his family, the easy thing would be to punch him out. The easy thing would be to get in brawls. The easy thing was to go into victim mode. The easy thing was to talk about what happened 200 years ago or 300 years ago or 400 years ago that people who shared a similar skin color. But Jackie Robinson wasn't looking for easy. Branch Rickey wasn't looking for easy. And a lot of other famous people that you know today weren't looking for easy. Thomas Jefferson and Ray Kroc and Colonel Sanders and Mary Kay and Sam Walton. None of those people were looking for easy. They were looking for success. That's what they were looking for. And that's why the question today, is all you looking for easy? I mean, you think about God himself who came down in the form of man. I mean, you're God. You control all things. You got creatures that are called angels and called men. And you say something and things come into existence. All powerful, all knowing, all present. Easy life. But you choose to reconcile a gap between a a holy God and a broken man, a fallen man. And so you set your son down in the form of man. To walk. In a subpar vehicle. Right? I mean, he went. He left a Ferrari. And he stepped into a Hyundai or a Pinto from the 60s, right? <laughs> it was a hard path. Matter of fact, read Isaiah 53. Read about how Jesus talked about. He's not about the easy man, the fun man, the life of the party man. It says he was a man of despair, familiar with grief. He had no place to lay his head. The foxes have holes to sleep in. But the son of man didn't even have a place to rest his head. He was mocked, spit upon, blindfolded, and punched around, stripped naked, hung on a cross, beaten by soldiers, mocked, and belittled. Ah, Jesus didn't take an easy path either. And ladies and gentlemen, we've got to realize we're not looking for easy. Stop looking for easy. It's time. The country's going in a bad direction. The government's taking control of our lives. We can't even have Thanksgiving anymore. The time for easy is over. The time to know who you are. The time to know why you're here. The time to know who you are. The time to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and refocus. The time to be everything you were created to be. That time is now. And you'll never get there looking for easy. I'm Black. We'll be back in three minutes. you know it. Love to live on easy street. And I am Mr. Black, and I'm going to disagree with our singer because you don't want easy street. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of us, a lot of us think that that's what we're looking for, easy street. And so today on Like It Matters, like it matters Radio, Sorry, we're talking about looking for easy because i believe it's a lie it's a lie it's a, we're all looking for easy the problem is easy doesn't get you ready for anything it doesn't get you ready for anything it is through the fire that we're forged it is in the toughness of law. learn what we're made of we live in a country that was formed by people who who chose not to take the easy route i mean think about it the british were were an empire when we were colonists there. They were the most powerful country in the world at that time. And we had people leave that, that country, the most powerful, and then come to a new land. And when the British followed us over here and they started putting their rules upon us, they didn't like that. And they said, we've got to establish our independence, our freedom. And General Washington was the one who led the battle. And you wanna talk about a man who didn't take easy. General Washington could have been king. General Washington was a wealthy man. Had plantation, had slaves, made a lot of money. I mean, he, he didn't need all this. He could have stayed where he was at and be good. If you ever want to do something fascinating, read what happened to all those people who signed the Declaration of Independence. You'll find out it wasn't easy. We take freedom for granted today. You look at our soldiers, Vietnam vets, Korean War vets, World War I vets, World War II vets. I've had many of them on our radio show talk about the pain they endure every day and have for 40, 50 years. The pain in their emotions, the pain in their body, the pain in their thoughts. And yet, these are heroes. You look at law enforcement officers. That job's not easy. They put their lives on the line. They go to a domestic disturbance and wind up getting killed. Or they pull someone over and get gunned down. I wouldn't want the job. It's not easy. Today, it's very unattractive because of the disrespect that our kids are are doing. Because parents took the easy way. Because parents stopped disciplining their kids because it's easier. Because parents parents stopped teaching them about God because it's easier to fit in. I just want you to think about it. Today, if you don't go along with what everybody says, if you don't take that easy path and actually think for yourself, you get destroyed. I don't care whether you're 50 cents or you're, you know, whoever. When you speak out and you go against what the world says today, you get slapped around. But I want you to know, because we got into the lie, that we want our lives to be easy. Can't we all just get along? Don't rock the boat. We've never done that way before. Avoiding conflict. And I'm not saying you should have conflict for the sake of conflict. But if there's a right and wrong battle, there's going to be conflict. And for those of you that call yourself followers of the God of the Bible, or the God of the Quran, or the God of the Torah, there's only one God. You could call him Allah. You can call him Jehovah. You can call him Yahweh. Adonai, El Shaddai. The white, great white spirit, which the Native Americans called him. But there's only one God, and God says clearly that if you love him, this world's going to hate you, which means if you walk with God, if you truly want to honor God, your road is going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. Think about marriage. Man, marriage is one of the toughest things I've ever done in my life. And I've done some pretty tough things. I've walked on fire. I've bent solid steel rebar. I got a plane with the intent of jumping out of it while it was still in midair. I've done a lot of things that are hard. I've also taken a lot of easy paths. And I'm going to tell you right now, as I look back at my life, I don't remember the easy things. The only time I remember the easy things is out of regret or poor choices. But boy, when my back was against the wall, I found out what I was made of. Boot camp in the army was hard. It made me into a man at 17 years old. My leadership training that I do at likeitmatters.net is the toughest thing most people ever do in their life. Most rewarding thing as well. I got people quit. I have people I kick out. You go to likeitmatters.net, I got one more class this year and that's it. December 3rd through 5th in Dallas. If you want a full life, if you want to live the life that you were created for, get in that class. But I can tell you of all the things you will find in that class and all the things you will get rid of, and there's a lot of them, you will not find one thing. You will not find the easy path. You'll find a hard path. Think about Helen Keller, born June 27, 1880. Her father was a retired Confederate Army captain. Again, not easy. Editor of the local newspaper, her mother was an educated young woman from Memphis. When Keller was 19 months old, she was affected uh, by scarlet fever, they believe, which left her deaf and blind. Now, Keller was extremely intelligent, and she really worked to understand her surroundings through touch, smell, and taste. However, she began to realize that her family members spoke to one another with their mouths instead of using signs as she did. Feeling the moving lips, she flew into a rage when she was unable to join the conversation. By the age of six, she said basically, quote, in her autobiography, the need of some means of communication became so urgent that these outbursts occurred daily, sometimes hourly. She freaked out. You realize how hard it was in that family at that time? How hard it was for her? Then came another woman into her life, a woman who did not take the easy path, Anne Sullivan. She came to be Helen's teacher on March 3rd, 1887. Later, Keller would call this day her soul's birthday. Perkins director Michael Enagas had been wise to choose this strong-willed solvent. This was a powerful woman, a solid woman, for a few young women would have persevered through the tempestuous first weeks. Keller hit, punched, kicked this teacher, and knocked out one of her teeth. Now Sullivan finally gained control by moving with the girl into a small cottage. So what was their teacher's idea? Here's a girl that's abusing you, who's attacking, who's knocked a tooth out. And what the teacher's job was, not to take easy, but she made it more difficult. She actually started housing with this small child on Karen Keller's parents' family, uh, their pl- their farm, whatever it was they owned. And think about this. Put herself through that tough way. Through patience, through firm consistency, she won the child's heart. A necessary step. If you know anything about teaching people, you've got to establish rapport. You've got to connect with people. And so Sullivan started teaching her different techniques. And so much comes out. I don't want to do this whole thing on Helen Keller. But you think about it, what she went through, how terrible her life was, how hard her life was. And you look at what Helen Keller did to make many other people who are blind and deaf make their life so much better. And you take a look at this teacher, Ann Sullivan. That was a tough job. It was a thankless job, especially early on for years. But she kept doing the tough thing. She kept hitting the go button, why? Because she knew who she was. And I'm gonna tell you, with the world changing so much, with America, America is unrecognizable. And with four years of Joe Biden, if we make it that long, uh, I don't think, America as we know it is done, basically. Not a joke. It's just the reality. It's just reality. It is a joke that this guy supposedly got 80 million votes. There's no way. But it is what it is. And think about this. People are taking the easy pass. They just move on. They're telling Trump just to move on. You know, I got this article here. Powerhouse attorney Lynn Wood tells America why he joined Trump's election team and what is coming. Lynn Wood, the lawyer who successfully represented teen Nicholas Sandman in a defamation lawsuit against Washington Post and CNN, has joined the president's effort to challenge attempts by Democrats and the media to steal the election for Joe Biden. Wood spoke about why he decided to help the president during an election update event in Georgia over the weekend, telling a crowd of Trump supporters that the country's under attack, and the Democrats and their allies were trying to take away their rights. You want to talk about how many people are going to blackball this guy? How many people are gonna disown him? He's taking it on an easy path. You wanna go uh, the go path and not easy? Actually, go into studies. This is from Horowitz. This is an article in The Blaze. Pro-mask study withdrawn after virus sp- spread in counties analyzed by researchers. Think about this, if you say anything of now against mask, if you say anything about Joe Biden's election or fraud, they ban you from social media. I got banned from LinkedIn. How about this? FEC chairman debunks MSN claim of no fraud. Says counting illegal votes can make elections illegitimate. Right now, the media wants it to be easy. Let's just point Joe Biden. And if you say anything against it, you're wrong. And right here in my account, uh, in my hand, I have this uh, article right here. It says, Democratic Party worker. I worked for Wayne County, uh, County and I threw out every Trump ballot I saw. Kel Foxton, who lists Detroit, Michigan as his residence on Facebook, also lists the Democratic Party as his employer. He ripped up. He said thousands of them. Every Trump ballot he saw, he tossed. He got rid of. Boy, but if you say anything about that, you're attacked by this world. This is why you've got to decide if you're going to take the easy path. You're going to have to. You capitulate. You're going to have to become something you're not. You're going to have to change your morals and values. But if you're going to stand up for who you are, what you believe in, that is not the easy path. But I promise you, the go button will get you far. I am Mr. Black. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're questioning, are you looking for easy? We'll be back in three minutes. Easy come and easy go. I am Black, and we are back, and Mr. McDonald's joining us there, giving you some nice tunes, some nice things to think about, and today we're asking a question, looking for easy. You know, there are two paths out there, ladies and gentlemen, the easy path and the other path we call the easy button and the go button. God says there's two paths. One's hard, and there's uh, nobody on that path that's leading to life everlasting. He said there's another path that's really easy, and that people are having fun on. There's a lot of them there. And he said, stay away from that one. So I'm going to question you. Do you really want easy? Is easy really the way you want to go? And I'm telling you right now, if you have a mission, if you have a purpose, if you have a reason why you get up each day, do what you do, and go home at night, I would guarantee you that not at any point is one of those values easy. And and so you got to beware of this easy path, especially as America is changing more and more and more. You've got to decide. The easy way is to have the world change you. The easy way is to change your morals, change your values. The easy way is to go numb and go into hiding. And so once you know who you are and why you're here and who's you are, you know that that's not an option. It's interesting because I was actually preparing for a show uh, um, uh, that I did not do. Uh, I was looking up this thing, 12 Rules for Living. It was by Jordan Peterson, and I had seen an article a while back about what those things are. And so I wanted to – I had seen an article that was written by somebody else that was summarizing. So I actually wanted to look up this Jordan Peterson guy. And so I actually found an interesting article. Uh, I don't know if it was from Inc. Magazine. I think it was something like that. But it was interesting because I want to tell you about this, and this guy is not – a person uh, that this world likes. I didn't know anything about this. It's uh, The article says 12 Rules for Life by Jordan B. Peterson Review, a self-help book from a cultural warrior. Now, what I really liked as soon as I saw it, I call myself a culture warrior. And you talk about a job that's not easy. By definition, a culture warrior is someone who's fighting a good fight for in a changing culture. Because what's different about America today is what we believe what we accept, the norms, acceptable behaviors, belief systems. I mean, think about America today. There's no freedom of speech. If you don't think like everybody else, all the woke people, you're shouted down, beaten down, you're banned from social media, you're called a liar, you're called a bigot, you're called all kinds of things, right? So it was a self-help book from a culture warrior. I love that because I'm one. And it says the subheading said this, the psychologist and Internet celebrity with contentious views, listen to this, on gender, political correctness, good and evil, offers hectoring advice on how to live. In the article, I'll read just a couple paragraphs from the article. The ca- Canadian clinical psychologist, Jordan P. Peterson, has in recent years become an internet celebrity, producing a slew of videos and interviews on all manner of political and social topics. He is acerbic, he's combative, he's openly contemptuous of his opponents, particularly Marxist and post for whom he harbors a special animus. He's an enthusiastic and prolific culture warrior who has no truck with white privilege. Interesting phrase. Who has no truck with white privilege, cultural appropriation, and a range of other ideas associated with social justice movements. His reluctance to call transgender people by their preferred pronouns, unless they ask him to, has earned him a reputation as a transphobe, and while his views have marginalized him within the academic community, they have bolstered his reputation in conservative circles. His academic work includes many papers in which he seeks to understand political religious belief in terms of so-called Big Five personality traits, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and uh, neuroticism. Interesting. His work on the psychology of political correctness has raised eyebrows given his recent proposal to purge corrupt academic departments of courses and teachers he deems infected by this pathology. Isn't that incredible? Now this guy is making a name for himself by standing up for what he believes in. He's not taking the easy path. He's taking a very challenging path. It's the same path I've chosen to take. It's cost me friends. It's cost me board of directors members. It's cost me business. I know who I am. I'm a child of God first and foremost. And I'm a speaker of the truth. We call it truth therapy here. And truth therapy hurts a little bit. You know, it was Jesus Christ who said the truth will set you free. But it was our president, Garfield, who said, but first it will make you miserable. And so we got to realize that there are three types of acceptance. Because if you're going to live in this world and really have morals and values that America was founded upon, you're going to be an outcast, you're going to be a foreigner in this strange land. And you can be like 60% of the population and just give in, coalesce, be beaten down, admit racism that you don't feel, kiss the boots of black militants, uh, believe that people can abort their child as long as they want, believe that anybody can be married to anybody or anything and as many people as you want. If you want to fit in this world and take the easy path, you're going to have to change everything you believe and believe like this broken world believes. But God says that we are in this world but not to be of this world. And that's the difference. And I like the, uh, the, the, the comparison of a chocolate chip and a chocolate chip cookie dough. Right? All the other ingredients, that blend together. You put the flour, you put the sugar, you took the butter, you put all those things, and you blend them together. And once they're blended together, you notice you cannot remove the flour now. You cannot remove the butter now. You cannot remove the sugar, right? It's all one n- new thing. You made a new creation. But then you put in those chocolate chips. And the things about the chocolate chips is they mix in with the cookie dough, but they don't blend in. After you pour in the whole cup of chocolate chips, you could technically pull, pull them all back out. You'd wipe them off, get all the cookie dough off them, and pull them all back out. And you know what's cool about chocolate chips as well? Is when you put them in the fire furnace, they maintain their form. They maintain their function. They maintain their flavor. We're supposed to be those chocolate chips. You don't think fire's hot? You know what they do to precious metal? They make it have a really tough road. It'd be easy to leave it alone, but instead they put it in fire so hot it melts it down. Why does it melt it down? Not because it hates it, not because it wants to be mean to it, but because that fire separates that which has great value, from that, which has no value. And so that's what we need to be. And, you know, when I was reading that article about this guy, you know, Jordan Peterson, I had to find out what does it mean to have no truck with. I had never heard that 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 idiom. What it, does it mean to have no truck with? And so it means to avoid. Quote, truck came from the French, wo- uh, French woes for barter. Originally, if you had no truck with something, you refused to trade with him or her. By extension, it came to mean you refused to have anything to do with that person. Isn't that incredible? So you need to decide. You're either going to take the easy path or you're going to live your life like it matters. Live to your morals. And if you're a child of God, you're going to realize that if you love God, this world's going to hate you. That's not easy. God said, they killed me, what do you think they're going to do to you? So if you're looking for easy, first of all, get rid of God. If you're looking for easy, get rid of your morals. If you're looking for easy, get rid of common sense. There are three types of acceptance. You got to get this, legal acceptance, social acceptance, and intellectual acceptance. It's like with me, I believe in the Bible. And so I know it says very clearly that certain things are wrong. I have a lot of friends that are homosexual. I have a lot of people I train. That's okay. That Your sin's between you and God. See, I've legally accepted homosexuality. It, it's not against law. I don't think someone should be thrown in jail uh, for, for that stuff. Socially, except there's a brother. I'm supposed to love, love the sinner, hate the sin. However, intellectually, I know what my Bible says. So intellectually, just like if I lie, it's not right. Just like if I cheat on my wife, that's not right. Just like if I fantasize about being with another woman, even with if I'm with my wife, that's not right. Because intellectually, God tells me it's wrong. This is why we've got to maintain who we are. You've got to have a mission. you got to have a purpose. The world's changing around you. And it'd be easy just to let the world change you into all these other earth dwellers. But I want you to know the true path is maintain your integrity. The true path is to be a man like Jackie Robinson or Branch Rickey. The true path is the path of difficulty like Helen Keller and Thomas Edison and the Founding Fathers. And I believe in you, and I'm here to serve you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to equip you because you can be all you were created to be, but you'll never be that. taking that easy path. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. That was a pretty insulting little speech. That's what I had in mind.